You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I've just been reflecting on a Zoom conversation that I had a couple of days ago with four clients who I've known for quite a long time, old clients, you might call them. It dawned on me as I reflected on our last conversation that when I met those four people for the first time, they all worked in jobs. They were all in the corporate world. They were all weighed down by the nonsense and, as my American friends would say, BS that goes with working in that kind of environment. The politicking, the backstabbing, the nonsense, the long hours, the expectations, often unreasonable expectations of meeting targets that are often unmeetable. If you've ever worked in the corporate world, as I have, You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're working in that environment right now, well, there are things you can do about it, aren't there? But what actually dawned on me was that all four people, five if you include myself, on that call now work for themselves. And they all have a couple of things in common. First of all, they say that they don't have to answer to anybody anymore other than obviously their clients and their customers, but they don't have to answer to people who are constantly hounding them to say, did you do this? Did you do that? Where are you in relation to your targets? Why is this not happening? Why is that not happening? There's one particular guy on that call who spent two hours every week with the other people in the hierarchy of the job he used to have in the corporate world, where they all sat around a table and listened to each other for two to three minutes each. It took two hours explaining why they were where they were in relation to their targets. Total and utter waste of time that he now doesn't have to do anymore. He reckons, and they all agreed on this particular point, that he's probably cut two days a week out of the amount of work that he has to do as a result of not having to do stuff he should never have had to do in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong. All of these people who absolutely adore what they do and adore their lifestyle at this stage and adore the freedom that working for themselves gives them, all of them work hard. Or do they? Because when you're working hard for yourself, towards your own ends, with your own intentions in mind, is it work or is it a labour of love? A second thing I would say in relation to working hard is that they all worked hard to set themselves up in the first place once they had taken the leap. But as time has gone by, and as they have more fully understood how best to use their minds and to focus on the important stuff and to do the right things and to do what they need to do to get them to where they want to go and forget the rest, the more effortless their life has become, the more their work fits around their life rather than their life being stuck around the edges of an all-demanding corporate job. Most people that I meet 
want to work for themselves, or at least they like the idea. Most people who do want to work for themselves, I think, don't realize that you need to fine tune your mind to what goes on when you work for yourself. In other words, I remember, <laughs> and you must remember, I'm a slow learner. I was originally an accountant. I remember when I started working for myself first, I found it very difficult to get used to the fact that my salary didn't drop into my bank account every month. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but it actually took some getting used to. But once you get your head in the right place, once you have the right attitude, working for yourself enables you create the kind of life that you would love to live. What kind of life am I talking about? As I mentioned a minute ago, I'm talking about a life where your work fits around your life. It may not mean that you're going to work less hours. Often, as I alluded to a minute ago, you get to the point where you can get a whole day's work done in two hours. Generally speaking, for example, I would get up at 6 or 6.30 in the morning and have my day's work, with the exception of talking to customers and clients online, I'd have my day's work done by 9 a.m. That means I can go up the mountains. It means I can do loads of other things. It means I can do all the things that I would love to do. And of course, it also means that one of the things that I most love doing is the work that I'm doing when I'm working for myself. I talked to somebody else two days ago, somebody who started working for himself about six months after I first met him four years ago. And he talked about the freedom, the flexibility and the autonomy it gives him to live the kind of life that he wants to live so that he can ease himself into the week on a Monday morning with a game of tennis and ease himself out of the working week on a Friday afternoon with a game of tennis so that he can be there for his children when they need him. And, and he's earning substantially more money than he ever did when he was working for a corporation. He's working a lot less hours. He is, to use a phrase of a good friend and client of mine who I first met nearly 25 years ago, he's working smarter. And he's certainly not working harder. He's working an awful lot less. But think about the words that he uses. Flexibility, freedom and autonomy. We all want to be our own person, don't we? We all want to be our own man or our own woman. We all want to do the things that turn us on. And not to be burdened by people who, more often than not, because they're normal crazy people, are far less effective and efficient than we are ourselves, and certainly far less effective and efficient than we can be when, in the right state of mind, we take what some people think is a leap of faith out of the corporate world and into doing your own thing. Now, you may be listening to this, doing your own thing. And like lots of people who do work for themselves, you may be finding the going difficult at the moment. I mean, think, think of some of the challenges we've had in the years that I've worked for myself. We had a financial crash in 2008. We had COVID a couple of years ago. We have the stock markets and therefore the real economy bouncing around the walls at the moment. We have a war in Ukraine. We have a cost of living crisis. Life, if you look at it that way, is full of challenges. But look at it another way. 
The challenges are the things that arise and pass away. And what we have to do is deal with those challenges as they arise. And this applies to anything, by the way, not just working for yourself. The challenges are far more easily dealt with when you are in the right frame of mind. I often liken life's challenges to the choppy waves of the sea on which we sail our life. If we have our hand on the tiller or on the rudder, if we know how to trim our sails, we can ride life's big waves and we can ensure that we sail through choppy seas into calm waters where we experience plain sailing. Now, plain sailing in calm waters is a little bit like flow, isn't it? If you think about it. In fact, they're almost exactly the same thing, aren't they? Flow from the University of Chicago's research over decades at this stage, is where I'm just doing what I'm doing to get me to where I want to go. And I'm so immersed in what I'm doing, I am doing it effortlessly. And I'm getting more done than my thinking mind could ever have imagined. Let me give you an analogy for that. It's actually not an analogy. It is a real life example. Over the years, Anybody and everybody with whom I've worked has always said to me, I know what you're talking about in relation to flow because I've experienced it on the day before I went on holidays. In an ordinary job, or even when we work for ourselves for that matter, we put things off. We long finger things that we prefer not to have to do. Or we say to ourselves, well, I don't like the sound of doing that or talking to that person, I'll put it off. And then you get to the point where you have a plane to catch on a Saturday morning and you realise that as you start your day's work on a Friday, there's half a dozen things I actually can't get away without doing it today. I need to get them done. And bam, 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 bam. They're done in no time at all. They're done effortlessly because what have you decided to do? You've decided to just do them rather than procrastinating, rather than annoying yourself, rather than thinking about it, rather than putting them off and feeling guilty that you put them off. You just do them, which is easier in life, whether you're working for yourself, working for somebody else, bringing up kids, which is easier in life. Just doing what you need to do or scratching your backside and thinking about what you have to do and putting it off? The answer is absolutely obvious, isn't it? What does it take to behave that way? It takes the right frame of mind that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And as I said, this doesn't just apply to working for yourself, that which I started talking about in this episode. It applies to anything and everything. It applies to dealing with difficult family situations. It applies to dealing with difficult people. God knows there's a lot of them around because they're all normal, crazy people. It applies to dealing with difficult relatives. It applies to dealing with the people that you are working for or working with. But, but the key theme of this particular session today is the theme of casting off the yoke the unnecessary yoke of doing something for an ungrateful somebody else in the corporate world, or worse than ungrateful, devious and backstabbing, because that is one of the biggest issues that people have when they work for somebody else. The number of times over the years I've worked with people who are working in the corporate world, who have done a load of good things, 
set themselves up in even promised promotions and suddenly somebody else gets the job or they're knifed in the back. The number of times I've talked with people over the years who are stabbed in the back to the point where they're actually thrown out of their jobs unfairly. And the number of times I've held those people's hands as they go through that difficult coming of age, if I can put it like that. I remember years ago talking to a client, a very good friend of mine, on the day that he was made redundant. Now, he was made redundant because he happened to be the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time because two companies had merged and he was without influence on the wrong side of the fence. So he was just fired. Out of the blue, he was fired. And I remember him saying to me that it was so unfair. And what was he going to do with his life? And I said to him, didn't we have conversations before about you doing something for yourself? He said, oh, I know. I said, why did you never do anything about that? He said, I was afraid. I said, are you afraid now? He said, I'm afraid now, but I'm afraid that I will get no new job. I'm afraid that I've been cast aside at 50 years of age. What am I going to do? Things, as I've said before, happen for us in life. They don't happen to us. Here was a classic example of something that happened for this individual that forced him to do something that, had he been man enough or clear in his own mind in the first place, he should have done for himself. He successfully set up his own business. It changed his life. And he suddenly discovered the flexibility and the autonomy and the joy of living that I mentioned earlier on. How many times in our lives are we pushed to the brink where we end up being forced to do something that we should have done ourselves? Now, he made an interesting point to me that he was afraid to take the leap. He was afraid to go and work for himself. Fear is an interesting thing because when it comes to maybe deciding to work for yourself and getting the lifestyle that goes with that, people are sometimes afraid of failure. They're certainly afraid of the unknown. So many people I have spoken to are afraid of success. What if I become a success and my friends don't like me anymore? Now, isn't that an interesting one? What kind of friends are they with friends like that? Who needs enemies? What if I suddenly am different from anybody else? Will I not fit in anymore? What if, what if, what if? Now, there is a classic example of how the normal mind runs away with us before we've even decided to do or not to do something. As I've said to people over the years, we're constantly, when we use our minds, normally getting ahead of ourselves. Normally, when we are really normal crazy, we're getting ahead of ourselves worrying about what if this, that or the other. Sometimes we will what if off out into the future in relation to the plans that we have, say, for example, in relation to setting up our own business. And as I said on an episode a few weeks ago, if you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. That's not the way the world works. What we need to do is not take any leap of faith. All we need to do is do what feels right. Do what our gut instinct is telling us. And from a business point of view, let me quote a number of surveys from the 1980s, 90s and 2000s amongst chief executives of FTSE 100 companies and Dow Jones companies in the US, Fortune 500 companies. There's a common theme running through all these surveys where those business leaders say all my best business decisions were gut instinct decisions and all my worst business decisions were ones where we analyzed the, 
the proposition to death. Generally speaking, in other words, the worst business decisions were made on the basis of what accountants told them to do. You always go with your gut. Always go with your gut. Why? Because your gut instinct is the part of you that saved your life when you were a hunter-gatherer. It's the part of you that knows what is best for you. And it is the part of you that knows what you need to do right here, right now, to get what you want out of life. So you need to be listening to your gut instinct. And if you are listening to your gut instinct, you'll realize there is no such thing as fear. Okay, I need to clarify that. Obviously, if I'm standing in front of a man-eating tiger, I'm going to be primally afraid of that. That's primal fear. That is an instinctive reaction. That is your gut instinct saying to you, you need to get the hell out of here. But all of the other scenarios that I mentioned a minute ago in relation to being afraid of taking the leap or afraid of being a failure or worse, being afraid of being a success, they're all the product of thought. And none of that fear actually exists. It is constructed in your own head as a result of your thought running away with you as a result of you getting ahead of yourself. What we need to do is what feels right. So let's get back to basics in relation to the life that you live at the moment. If you're working for somebody else and you don't like it, and I think I'm speaking to the vast majority of people when I say what I've just said. If surveys are to be believed, two-thirds of people don't like the job they're doing. Two-thirds of people are doing it for the money. That's not living, that's existing. But then again, that shouldn't be a surprise because 96% of people use their minds normally and all they are doing is existing. But back to what I was saying. If you're working for somebody at the moment and you don't like it, you have two choices. You can change your job or you can change your mind. Changing your mind is about changing your attitude. You can say to yourself, well, I'm here, I'm present. I'm grateful for the salary they pay me. I'm grateful for the lifestyle that that gives me. I appreciate the fact that I have a job. I appreciate the fact that I am able to look after myself and those that I love. I appreciate that I can, for example, go on holidays. Maybe it's only for two weeks of the year, but I appreciate that too. In other words, you can look at the glass being half full rather than the glass being half empty. Now, I know that doesn't come naturally to the normal crazy mind because the normal crazy mind is designed to see the negative in everything because it kept us on our toes seven or eight thousand years ago so that we are completely alert when that tiger, to which I referred a couple of minutes ago, leapt from the bushes and confronted us. But you can change your attitude and you can look at the glass being half full. You can change your mind. You're the only one who can. And you can only do that when you take responsibility for and control of what is going on between your own two ears. That's done through meditation. I'm not going to repeat that uh, ad nauseum. I, I, I was going to say I'm sick and tired of saying it, but most people won't listen to me. Again, I was talking to those four people a couple of days ago on Zoom, and one of them said to me, up until the time we got together again this autumn, I hadn't meditated for six months. Fool, more or less, that's what I said to him. And he knows it. And anybody with whom I've worked, and myself included, we know that we need to meditate every morning. We know that if we don't meditate every morning, we are fools because we are 
not doing what it takes to ensure that we are in control of our own state of mind right here and right now. So if you don't like the job you're in at the moment, you can get another job or you can take control of your own state of mind and get on with it. Because truth of the matter is that regardless of how dislikable you think your work is, moment to moment, breathing in and out, being gainfully employed, all is well in that moment. All is well when you go home in the evening. All is well at the weekends. But you could change your job. Now, the interesting thing about that is when people using their mind normally decide to change their job because they don't like the one they've had. In other words, they've made the choice. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to change my job. When people are using their minds normally, they will always jump from the frying pan into the fire. And they'll do it again and again and again. As I said to somebody recently, you need to get your head straight here. You didn't jump from the frying pan into the fire. You went feet first into a deep, fat fryer. A mad, crazy job that this particular person had taken on because she didn't like the previous job. She didn't like the one before that either. So it was lather, rinse, repeat. She was doing it again and again and again. Surprise, surprise. When you're using your mind normally, you're operating on automatic pilot. The automatic pilot uses a set of programs that you learned when you were young and impressionable. And those programs will, like any autopilot, always bring you back to the same place. You need to break that chain reaction in your own head. And again, at the risk of repeating myself, I said I was nauseous about it a minute ago. We need to meditate to take charge of our own state of mind. So you could change your job. But in changing your job, you need a clear state of mind, the same clear state of mind that I just mentioned a moment ago. When you're in that clear state of mind, you'll get the job that's best for you. I have half a dozen program owners in the last couple of months who have got their quote-unquote dream job as a result of turning up to the interview with a clear state of mind. A number of those people had gone for previous interviews, done the interviews perfectly, didn't get the jobs, and subsequently realised, well, that wasn't a job for me because I've landed something that is so much better than I could ever have imagined. I'm talking about half a dozen people in the last few months I'm talking about probably hundreds of people over the 27 years I've been doing this. But you'll only get the job of your dreams or your dream job, quote unquote, if you're in the right frame of mind. Now, the ultimate in freedom, flexibility and autonomy is working for yourself, doing your own thing, owning your own business. That is the ultimate. And even though there will be rocky periods, life's big waves to which I referred a couple of minutes ago, you're doing it for yourself. You're sailing your own boat. You are your own boss. So the question for you is this morning, what kind of lifestyle are you looking for? What kind of experiences do you want to have more and more of in your life? What kind of experiences would you like to have less and less of? If I go back to the beginning of this morning's conversation, it goes back to, you know, sitting in a room with 20 other people for two hours, talking nonsense and taking two hours of my life away because I live in the corporate world or being beaten around the place by a boss who is a bully. That oh, I, I could go on and on about that. The number of people with whom I've worked over the years 
who were having the life bullied out of them. And I actually mean the life bullied out of them until they got their heads straight and did what they needed to do to disarm the bully. We've talked about that before. What kind of life are you really looking for? What does joy mean to you? Moment to moment, day to day. I said earlier on, you know, if you're working in a job you don't like, at least you have your holidays and probably your weekends. But there is no reason in the world why you shouldn't be as happy and free and autonomous and joyful on a Monday morning as on a Saturday morning. There is no reason in the world why every day of the week shouldn't be a joy to behold. Every day of the week actually needs to be a joy to behold because today, this is your life. You need to be living every moment of your life. The moments that you're not present, the moments that you're fearful, the moments that you're annoyed or frustrated or under the thumb of a bully, those are moments of your life that are passing and will never come again. So actually, let's boil things down to the bare fundamentals here. The key question for you is, do you want to live your life to the full or do you want to exist? You need to answer that question for yourself. But in answering that question for yourself, you need to reflect upon what living your life to the full looks and in particular feels like. You know the answer to that question already because we've all, even if we live normal crazy lives, we've all had glimpses of joy. We've all had glimpses of that perfect moment. We've all had glimpses of, oh, isn't this absolutely wonderful? I'm so happy. We've all had glimpses of not having a care in the world, regardless of what's going on around us, even if it was only a fleeting glimpse. But those fleeting glimpses are what psychology calls positive mental resources. And they will enable you answer the question that I have just posed you. Do you want to live your life to the full? And what does that look and feel like? Or do you want to just exist and let your life pass you by. We talked a few weeks ago about synchronicity and opportunity and how when you're in the right frame of mind those synchronicities enable you move forward to live your life to the full. If you're only existing you miss all that. If you're only existing you're going to suffer from stress. If you're only existing you're never going to make the choices that you need to make to move your life in the direction that you love your life to go. The first choice that you need to make again and again and again is to ensure that I'm here, that I'm present, that I'm in the right frame of mind, that I'm clear in my own head, and that I'm doing what I'm doing, and that I have a sense of the direction in which I want my life to go. All right, we've been around the houses there a little bit this morning, haven't we? Um, but just before I go, actually, it occurs to me that if you are working for yourself right now and you would like it to be more effortless, isn't that something we all would love to have? Or if you are thinking about working for yourself, click the link below this podcast, because a good friend of mine in the States has just released a document that will give you some sense as to how you might progress in that particular direction. And then I will see you again next week. As always, we'll chat again next week. For now, enjoy the now.
You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-dot.com 